Greetings, lovely listeners. You are listening to Saga, a podcast where a dude and a chick discuss art and animation. Who are we? Sarah and Garrison, two nerds discussing what's really important in life, cartoons. You may have also heard us from our previous podcast, The Theory of Creativity, or MSG, otherwise known as Movies with Sarah and Garrison. Why are we doing it? We find the podcast format enjoyable as well as we have some experience within the field, and it gives us the freedom to experiment as well. So why the name Saga? Because Sarah and Garrison, plus in animation, stories are told, hint at Saga. Don't think about it too hard, okay? Spoiler alert, this audio may contain spoilers, so please proceed with caution or an open mind. I don't care. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Saga podcast. This week, we are kind of covering some shorts, but it's going to be a little bit different because my boyfriend Jake is with us. Hello. And we, the two of I, he and I are going to be reviewing Love, Death, and Robots off of Netflix. And then Garrison is going to be reviewing his own short that he selected, which is afternoon class from the internet (laughs) so we're gonna um we're gonna do it a little bit differently just kind of disregard last week's remark about sean the sheep because that doesn't come out until like october so love death and robots is an anthology on netflix it is directed by dave wilson okay so specifically we're going to be covering only one of the shorts that is in this anthology it's called sunny's edge it is um the first one for many people but also not the first episode that shows up for a lot of other people um this is probably one of the most graphic um, episodes of the 18 episode series or anthology so um, it's also one of the most sexual um, but it is a like 3d video game style animation and it's only 17 minutes long um, well 17 minutes but it's actually longer ones hmm. mm-hmm. most of them run around like nine to ten okay yeah, so um, the main cast was Helen Sadler. Um, she's best known for True Blood. She plays um, the main character. And Christine... Suki. Yes. Christine Adams, best known for Batman Begins, Tron Legacy, and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, and then Haley McLaughlin, best known for The Librarians. All of these fantastic playing beautiful women. Librarians is a great series. So it's based on a story by Peter F. Hamilton. And it's adapted by Philip Gallant. So, um, Jake, what did you think about this? Uh, the Sony's Edge is actually my favorite one, the anthology, Love, Death, and Robots. It's probably got the most well-rounded story. Uh, one of the things that I thought about it, uh, it does probably the best job of exposition through story rather than narration. Uh, that's one of the things that I hate the most. Anytime you have a movie or a series where... You sh- if you're if you're a good writer, you're not going to need narration. Uh, narration is lazy writing. There's literally no exposition for the sake of exposition. Like nobody's talking to somebody and using their name in a formal setting. Where I wouldn't talk to you, Sarah, and say, "Hey, Sarah." Just there's no third person in a camera that needs to know that your name's Sarah. I already know your name, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. sure, sure, yeah. 
You've got definitely stronger opinions about this, I think, than I do because I loved it. Like, there's a lot of things that I think are maybe a little bit lost in the story. I feel like it seems like because you keep mentioning that you you wouldn't mind this as a series, but I don't see it like that. All right. Uh, so, Jake, your point about narration, like, I, I kind of stuck on on that uh, for a while, and um. Is that like, uh, like, are, are there any exceptions or is, is that just like a, a, a rule? Um, there, there's, there's some exceptions. I wouldn't say it's a rule, but I, I would say that most stories can do without the narration. You write it well. And this, this specific short story is written so well, there's literally no need for a narration. Uh, like one example, I think that I actually enjoy the narration because it's also part of the story is uh, Stranger Than Fiction. Have you ever seen that? Uh, the one with Will Ferrell, uh, and he's got like the he suddenly wakes up one day and he hears the the writer narrating his like activities, like brushing off each like, of his teeth individually. He like times. dies too. Well, it, it was supposed to be that he dies again, but she rewrites it. But yeah, it's a really good story, and that that's a good example of narration that 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 I, I think is good. The story is about a woman and Sony. Okay, well, it's Sony. So she is like this bio, she's like bio connected to this like genetically modified monster beast that is specifically made for fighting and killing. <laughs> and the, like the beast's name is carnivore. <laughs> like, like con, like a, the, a king, basically. Like, uh, like king if you've ever seen of- Star Trek, you know. Con that 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 that's the way they they spell it. Yeah, something. basically. Um. So she, but it's a she. So she is like genetically, biogenetically, like connected to this beast, and they're they like do not lose. So they're fighting for their lives, basically, and it's kind of a cool twist. Like whatever happens in the story, there's some like super cute like lgbtq kind of stuff in there and then um i mean it's just mostly beautiful like and colorful and vibrant like when i'm watching this i feel full sensory um like spine tingling stuff because it's like visual it's auditory it's i mean it's definitely like one of those the most the more eye-catching ones because of how beautiful and like slick the whole thing is and to know on what you were asking about the narration, so there is no narration. There's almost absolutely no exposition at the very beginning. Uh, we just we just enter the story, and which is very well done. Uh, there's the exposition is put within the story. Like there's one point where uh, they show they call them beasties. These biomechanical, or actually they're not even really mechanical. I'd say they're completely bioengineered yeah. entities that that are basically in a fight club. And they fight to the death, and whoever wins wins whatever money is. It looks a lot like like any of the scenes from Fight Club, if you've seen that, or even like uh, that scene from Sherlock Holmes with uh, Robert Downey Jr., where he fights the guy for money. It, it's essentially that setting, but in almost it almost looks because you don't get a whole lot of uh, view to the outside world, but no, it don't. almost looks like a post-apocalyptic kind of dystopian future. Well, they where... do show a little bit of like slum style mm-hmm. living. They show like a cityscape, and then it shows I... into slum style living. Yeah, um... I think it's like an old church that they're actually hmm. for the, the for the ring. So they show up in their truck, and they're transporting this giant. It looks like a Bacta uh, vault, uh, uh, 
a back to pit or whatever you call it from uh, from Star Wars where you'd normally heal. Uh, you see Luke when he's getting his new. Um, and it's got, you can't really see what's inside of it, but it's the creature. It's carnivore. Uh, we meet the antagonist. And this is another example for me of really good story writing. The antagonist's name is Dicko. He's got a large forehead. You can't miss him. You really so can't. So right off the bat, without having to do any other, like, because you're this is a short. So without having to waste any time in writing or some sort of dialogue, just his name, you know he's the bad guy. Or he's not, he's not, he's a seedy character. Uh, he's actually asking Sonny to throw the match. Uh, for for 50000 500000 And mm-hmm. she basically says, fuck no. And With a very huge very fuck no. Very firm F no. Yeah. Um, and they they move on. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do spoilers for this one. Because I really just want to see people see this. So if you haven't seen it, definitely go see it. This is your spoiler alert. Leave. Go watch it. Come back. <laughs> it's a great short. Yeah, definitely go see it. Okay, so, so this was the one that I actually have seen. Okay. You guys are saying that like this one was one of the best, in my opinion. With so. his storytelling like background, that's I yeah. Think my it. background, I'm a writer. I've been a writer for a long time. I've written a lot of stuff. Not anything is published and great, but I understand how to tell a good story. And this is one of the ones where I was blown away by the story. That's a pretty low bar. Uh, that 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 doesn't get me excited to watch any of of the other ones but uh i'm actually right there with you you probably like the other ones too they're a little bit more there's some of them that are a little bit more whimsical that one is dark that one's dark the other ones they're they can be more whimsical yeah i, I mean it's like i mean for, for for me this uh short was just kind of um i guess boring and redundant um and uh I kind of had trouble rooting for any of the characters that mm, came across as that. assholes. <laughs> well, that's where I think it, it kind of goes into they're, they're showing a, a version of whatever universe they're painting that is sort of a dystopian future. Like everyone's just out for themselves. Well, except for, can I talk about this real quick? Okay, so Irvana or Ivrina? Ivrina. Ivrina. Um, her teeth were way too perfect for this world. That bothered me. I was like, no, she's not human. I do have some thoughts. Okay. Um, Real quick. So we see towards the end, the, the Jennifer girl, the one who essentially tries to honeypot Sunny at the end. Right. Um, and she had modifications herself. Um, so I don't think it's outside the realm of thought, if you look at it in that context, that maybe everybody has some sort of modifications done. So her teeth could be perfect because she's had work done that was disturbingly perfect uh, yeah for the few frames that that's on screen it's a little bit unnerving um but you know note on that so in the end when jennifer uses uh actually it's written down when she pulls her claws out to kill sunny um it pretty much in that exact moment establishes the believability that sunny has had her brain or whatever transported into the carnivore's bee, body yeah. So right there in that exact moment, you're seeing in this universe that sort of thing is possible. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after it shows you how the extent of what that possibility is. Okay. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of thought into this expanded universe that could really be uh, expanded explored <laughs> way more um, just based off this 17 short. And I've not really seen anything do that so well in such a short time frame. 
Fair, fair. Um, um, another side note is like I'd also like to say that the animation style reminds me a lot of Sims. Like I feel like I'm playing a video game, and that's that's I think a little bit off putting when it comes to like I don't focus as much as on the story because I'm so focused on the animation mm-hmm. because of that reason. So yeah. Well, another thing I have written down, uh, the facial mocap is top notch. Agreed. Uh, we talked about it earlier when when Dicko is offering uh, the $500,000 for Sonny to throw the match. Mm-hmm. And then Ivrina gives her speech on what happened to Sonny. And, and again, to me, is another example of it's not forced exposition. There's a character that doesn't know this story that Ivrina is talking to. And she's explaining that to him. She's not explaining it to the audience for no reason. So we're getting that exposition as part of the story. But, like, why is she, That's another thing as I had. Because, like, why is she explaining that to him? Like because that's not important. There... He doesn't. He doesn't matter. Right, but he's there trying to get them to throw the match, and she's trying to explain him why that's they... the most ridiculous thing for him to ask right there. Mm. So it it makes sense in the story, and it fits in the writing. Okay. And, and like I was saying, when when uh, she gives that rejection speech, <laughs> you can actually physically see it in the way he expresses himself when he says he basically says, "Okay, whatever." One, he's really frustrated. Two, he's not going to let it go. So you kind of see that in that moment, just because of how good the facial mocap is. I don't know if they actually had, uh, what was the actor in Time? I didn't know. Uh, I think it was Wilson. Time Winners. I don't know if they actually mocapped Time Winners and had him act out that scene, but it was top-notch. Mm. Again, not something I would have expected from a Netflix short. In the, the first episode that you watch, if you get that as the first episode. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, definitely see this on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, highly, highly recommend it. Um, I know there's a lot of reviews out there that suggest that this is kind of hacky, but it's definitely not in a feat of animation. This is a feat kind of like, um, Spider-Verse into the, into the Spider-Verse. Um, so yeah. Can I make, can, uh, can I make one more point please uh i guess probably what took away from me liking this more is that it kind of felt like an episode in the middle of a season like and it also felt like more could come after and i kind of like my shorts to have like some some sort of uh uh con con conclusion and um yeah it just kind of felt too open open for me and it kind of well i will say say this it did leave me wanting more in that I wanted to know what happened after like the last few minutes. So Sarah and I talked about that. And when I was looking at the director, Dave Wilson's uh, background, he seems to primarily do video game trailers. He mm-hmm. directed video game trailers. And when I uh, discovered that to me, this almost seems like a trailer to a longer series, a long trailer, mind you, but that's seems like the way it was done. And I, I mean, I don't know what the source material was with the original written content and then the screenplay, how that played. But I feel like this should be a series as well. So I agree with you there. As far as shorts go, does a really good job just, just being a short, but leaves a lot to be desired. And mm-hmm. I would love to see a short come out of, or a, a series come out of it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so let's get on and Garrison, you want to start talking about yours? Sure. My short was afternoon class. It's like a 
four minute short by uh, Suro O. Uh, yes, yeah, so basically the the short is a 2D animated cartoon uh, back in 2015. And it's about this kid who is really tired and, and he's struggling to stay awake. And his whole classroom is is asleep. The short go, goes on and like shows the character like his his like head is like changing into various heavy objects to sort of illustrate the idea that you know he's really he's really fighting the sleep and he's struggling. I think it, it really does a good job at showing what it's like to fight sleepiness. That's basically basically it. So who, who you said who's it by? Uh Suro O. Uh, I think that a lot of people will relate to this because it 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 seems like a pretty universal um universal uh like concept of fighting sleep. If if I had one complaint, it would be I think like the first third was sort of redundant and could have been like cut like a, a few seconds, like twenty seconds or so. It was about twenty seconds too too long but um it's animated beautifully it's very like dreamlike and surreal the colors are excellent and i really like the it has this lineless uh like sort of style to it and that's it's very appealing yeah oh you said a lineless style yeah like they don't have the characters don't have outlines it's oh just, yeah yeah so it's very like uh, palette and stuff. yeah yeah like painted are you checking it out now or Yeah, well I'm gonna I'm writing it down so I can check it out later. Where can they find this at? It's on just search afternoon class on YouTube. Any questions? <laughs> no. Um yeah, we can link that on the website for anybody that wants to check it out. Um I think that's awesome. Um and then we'll put any other information that you wanna add on there, Garrison. All right. That's it, guys. Um <laughs> Sorry, we didn't do Shaun the Sheep this week. <laughs> Catch you in like nine months when we talk about it, maybe. Yeah, you guys don't have you don't, you don't have the time stone, so right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two weeks ago we had the time stone. <laughs> All right, so uh, next time we will be talking about uh, Tekken Concrete. Stay tuned for that, and catch you next time. And please share us with your friends and family as we would love to continue this podcast about your favorite animations. All of the information here is researched by Sarah and Garrison, and this podcast is produced and edited by Sarah Zadri. Special thanks to Joshua Phillips for the theme music. All while doing our research, we come across some amazing little videos and shots about the process of animation and we will be happy to share this information with you on our site, www.podsaga.com. And if you have any questions about the animations we will be covering, please don't hesitate to ask. Thank you and have a good day.